so this morning we're looking at Proverbs. If you want to turn in your Bible to chapter 1, uh, verse 7, I just want to remind you that this isn't just wisdom that we're looking at, uh, that we don't believe that there really is any wisdom apart from relationship with God. Uh, and he reminds us at the outset of this book that in verse 7 it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That we need to have a relationship with God. Uh, this morning, I don't know how you walk in here and what brought you here or why you have come or what you're seeking, but apart from a relationship with God, uh, it's futility. Uh, not just life, but your pursuit of these things. And I just want to remind you that all we talk about this morning, all the Proverbs that we look at are out of a relationship with God, that we would look to Him for affirmation, that we would look to be right with Him first and foremost, and that all other decisions of life would flow out of that. Today we're talking about what it means to be wise. Last week we looked at the steps to be foolish. Um, I hope you didn't apply those, okay? I hope this week you didn't chase after foolishness and and follow after the path that has been laid out last week. Because this week we're looking at wisdom, the path to wisdom. And so we'll hope to apply this diligently. I know that when we come to the topic of foolishness and wisdom, sometimes we just look at it as, yeah, good decision, bad decision. Uh, But I I really want us to see that this whole idea of being wise is following after God. It's walking with Him. It's having a relationship with Him. And so in the same way, in a corresponding way, to be foolish is walking without God. It's saying, I don't need you. It's saying, I'll do it my own way. The difference today for you is, do you want to live with God? Do you want to walk with Him? Or do you want to be alone, left to the elements, left to the sinful world, left to be taken advantage of? That's the difference between foolishness and wisdom. Remember, as we look at Proverbs, that this is a book for a father to a son, right? He's handing it down to his son. And as I talked in the last couple of weeks, it's really from a father to a father to a son. It's God giving to a father uh, the message that he should hand down to his children. I think that so often we... Uh, Think about what, as parents, we want to download to our kids that they would uh, take take into that next generation. And especially as they get older, we get more serious about that. And we we feel like there's so much more for them to know. Sometimes we want to impart to them a particular trade that we have or uh, a particular love for recreation or for an art form of some sort. And we say, we really want them to get there. But as God instructed Solomon to give this to him, that he might pass this down, it was his words. 
that were important to pass down to the next generation. Um, you know, uh, Solomon, if you re- look through his life, he didn't do everything right. <laughs> He's a wise man who made some very foolish choices <laughs> that brought harm to him, the, his family, his kingdom. And that's us as well, isn't it? That it's not that we have uh, been the example of wisdom all the time, but in fact, many times we've been the example of foolishness. But to say to our children, oh, I'm not going to talk to you about wisdom, is destining them, you know, trying to say, you will be foolish just like I was. Um, and so it's a book of generations. I want to remind you, um, warn you that wisdom does not come from experience. I think so often in our, our world today, wisdom does not come from experience. Wisdom comes from God. I, I know so often I, I look at my experience of what I have done and then I compare it to the faithful word of God and I say it's different. It's different. I think differently than God. And so often we think that our experience is what we should rely on instead of what God has declared to us in His Word. As I was thinking through this particular couple of messages, that of steps to foolishness and steps to wisdom, I realized that that Proverbs, again, has a New Testament principle in it as well of uh, putting off and putting on that there are behaviors and thoughts that we need to put off. But that's just the first step to stop being foolish. But it's not just stop being foolish and sit there, but it's stop being foolish and start walking in wisdom, making steps to follow after God. If you, in the last couple of weeks as we've been going through this, you say, you know what, I've played the fool The key for you is to stop doing those things, but to also look for the corresponding wise behavior to implant into your life. If you've been doing something wrong, if it's led you to a mess, stop doing that and and figure out in God's word what he has for you to start doing. And so we learn to walk with him. One last thing before we get into my list this morning. Um, I say my list. Uh, last week after uh, preaching, uh, many of you uh, felt like God was really working in your heart and really speaking to you. Some of you said, uh, you were speaking just to me, just to me. And I know that that's the work of God. You know, I don't prepare for you. I may have thought of dumb things that you've done in the past and hoped you were here, uh, but I, I didn't prepare for you, and yet God had prepared for you. But, but I want to tell you this too, sometimes as a preacher of God's word, uh, you look smarter than you are. You, you go through Proverbs and you go, oh, that was so incredible what you said right there. I just read it. I just read it. I didn't write it. These thoughts, in fact, uh, I, I have nothing for you this morning. When it comes to wisdom, I'm just as lost, if not 
uh, farther out in the woods than you are when it comes to wisdom apart from God. This is not my own. And so don't uh, confuse the message with the messenger this morning. So uh, we're going to look for steps to wisdom. I have ten of them for you this morning. And I'll seek not to go into dinner time. Uh, and that's going. Number one, number one, turn to chapter two of the book of Proverbs. If you, if you seek to be wise, if you're looking for steps for your own uh, attaining wisdom, the first thing I want to encourage you to do is to seek it. Seek it. In chapter two, the, the first section there, it talks about the value of wisdom. Let me read to you uh, the first five verses. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. As you look at these, this section here, you realize that if you're going to get wisdom, you have to seek after it. You have to treasure it. Uh, wisdom will not come with age. It will not come with age. Scars come with age, Right? Remember the time I did this? Remember the time I did that? Oh, you know, it, you wake up in the morning and you, you say, oh, my back's killing me. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember that time. Oh, my neck's kind of, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember things that I did and that I have aches and pains from. That doesn't necessarily make you wise. It just gives you scars. Some of us think that uh, wisdom will come and knock us in the head. Knock us in the head. We might get knocked in the head, but I want to tell you, as I read this passage, it, it gives us the picture of us searching and seeking for it, calling out, searching for hidden treasure. Isn't that a great feeling? I know there's something good here. I, I, I know it's here. I'm following the map. I'm searching. I'm excited. I'm seeking after it. This should be our heart when it comes to wisdom. Wisdom isn't something that is common. It's not something that's invaluable. It's something that you need to seek after like it would be for silver or hidden treasure. What a picture. If you want to be wise, uh, seek after it. Seek after it. Number two. Uh, turn over to Proverbs chapter 12 and uh, verse 15. And this kind of goes with number one. Uh, it's kind of the second point there that can, they're very closely connected. If you want to be wise, you should seek and listen to wise advice. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man listens to advice. Listens. Uh, this is the advanced step. Okay? Uh, the idea here is not just seeking after it and having wisdom. It's the idea of listening to it. Listening to it. 
Uh, we're in the age of information. We, we have all kinds of articles and 10 steps to do this, that, or the other thing. But, but it doesn't matter unless you do it. Unless you do it. And so there's seeking advice, but it's also to listen to it, to take it into your life. I think that we, in our pride over and over again, we might seek wisdom, we might even find it, but the idea of truly listening to it, listening to it, letting it seep into our souls, uh, that's the, the hiccup in us becoming wise. I hear it, but I'm not listening. That was number two, seek and listen to wise advice. Number three, number three, if you want to turn over to chapter 10, verse 1. Um, my third point this morning in chapter 10, verse 1 says this, uh, chapter, looking at the word of God, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Is that true? Is it true just because God wrote it and he put it in his word? Yes, but it's also true because you've seen it, haven't you? You've seen it. Some of you have done this, both good and bad. You've seen the joy of your mom and dad as you followed the Lord and done what is right and wise and how your parents' hearts burst with joy and happiness. You've also seen, you've also seen your foolishness borne out in the tears of your mom. You ever made your mom cry? Have you ever done something that hurt her just because of your own foolishness? I want to tell you what wisdom is. It's the idea of seeing her tears and going, note to self, note to self, I don't ever want to see those tears again. I don't ever want to be connected with the tears of my mom. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a part of it. It's okay if my brother chooses to do that or my sister chooses to do that. I don't want them to have my name on it. Um, I, could, I really want to preach a whole message just on this generational thing here. Uh, just some interesting things. What book are we reading again? We're reading Proverbs, right? How did Proverbs get compiled? Father to a son, right? Father's looking at his son and he says, Son, a wise son makes glad, okay? But a foolish son, you see your mom over there? Brings grief to mom. What do you want to do? You know, I've never seen such a self-serving message, right? My own sons are sitting here this morning. Just by chance, I'm thankful that my mom and dad aren't here this morning, right? Right? See the generations, right? I, I, I find this so fascinating. That the God... That the God of the universe, the God who is all-powerful, the God who spoke 
the world into existence, who could do things any way he wanted to, what did he decide to do? He decided to, through his creative powers, to create us in connection with a mother and a father. He decided that. That I would be connected to a generation before me and that I would have at least a generation below me. That this was going to be a connection and that part of his blessing for me is that I would have parents. That I would somehow relate with them and that I have a job to do. And what is it? To be a joy to my parents. And that's wisdom for me. How do you become wise? You seek to be a joy to your parents. You say, my, my parents have passed away. In their memory, there's no greater honor that you can do for your parents that have passed away is to be a blessing, is to walk in wisdom. You say, well, you know, I've been out of the house a long time. My parents are very old. You know what? When, when's graduation day for a parent? When do they say, I'm done being a parent? I, it, it blows my mind when I talk to some of you older folks and your heart and your burden is still for your kids. In fact, it's multiplied to your grandkids and your great-grandkids and you're, you're concerned and you're prayerful and you, you think about them. Why? This is God's intention. <laughs> That we would be connected generation to generation. It sounds, um, I don't want to say ridiculous, but in our culture today, it sounds so ridiculous. How should you live? Well, you should live to be a joy to your parents. You still living at home? Why do you have to listen to them? Who cares about them? It's your life. Forget about what your parents taught you. Forget about trying to please them. Forget it. Just do your own thing. That's not, I want to tell you what I just said right there. That's foolishness. Foolishness. God says, be connected. Be connected in a joyful relationship with your parents. It's your job. If you're going to be wise, that's what it's going to look like. How's that for um, popular preaching today? That was number three. If you want to be wise, be a joy to your parents. Number four. Number four. Chapter 13, verse 20. We looked at this verse last week, and this is one of those ones that has a corresponding uh, wise and foolish part. Chapter 13, verse 20 says this, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companions, companion of fools will suffer harm. What does that mean? Well, last week we talked about if you want to be foolish, just be a companion of fools, right? But now he says, if you want to be wise... The path to wisdom, the steps to take, is to walk with the wise. It's interesting to me that in both the Old and the New Testament, 
many times he gives us the picture of walking. Why? Why? Why do you think? It's because they walked, right? It's because they walked. And when you're not going very fast, when you're walking and you're walking with somebody else, what do you do? Ladies? Right? You get the news. You get the news. You get updated. You get discipled. You get discipled, don't you? You say discipled, come on. Yeah, you do. You know what? There's discipleship that goes on at the middle school every day. It also goes on at the elementary school every day. Goes on on the golf course. Goes, happens at work. Happens at the coffee shops. It's over breakfast. Discipleship. And you're like, that's exciting. No, I'm not talking about good discipleship. I'm talking about foolish people teaching others how to be foolish. Happens all the time. The Word of God warns us, if you want to be wise, walk with the wise. Walk with them. It matters who you're walking with. You know, I I feel like talking to my kids. Who are your friends? Who are your friends? You say, I don't need this talk, Kevin. I'm not in middle school. It doesn't matter. There's no age element here. Who are your friends? Who are the people that you're looking to? Who are the people that you're listening to? Who who are the people that you're rearranging your schedule to be with? And then to listen to their views on life. What they value, what they don't value. Their, their opinion on money and politics and, and all these other... Who are you listening to? Who are you walking with? Because it matters. I'm not that impressionable. You may not think you are. That's just because you're foolish. Because God says it's very dangerous. He says, walk with the wise, you're going to be wise. But a companion of fools is going to suffer for it. Who are you spending time with? Who are you listening to? You want to be wise, walk with the wise. That was number four. Number five, chapter 14, verse one. You want to be wise, build your house. Build your house. Chapter 14, verse one says this. The wisest of women builds her house but folly with her own hands tears it down. Um, just want to point something out. Uh, who is the primary reader of the book of Proverbs? The primary recipient? Son, right? So who cares about what a woman's supposed to be, right? I'm not a woman. Why is he talking about wise women in the midst of a father to a son talk? Well, uh, immediately you'd go in your mind to, well, he's going to choose a wife someday, and so he wants a wise one. I think that's partially it. I, but I think the, the wisdom, you've you got to get this picture. It's so important. I don't think it's about the walls of the house. I don't think it's about the walls of the house. I think it's about the occupants of the house. That 
a woman, it says the wisest of women, the woman who is marked by wisdom, she is focused or she is about building and investing in her home. But the foolish one, the the folly of the other woman, is the picture of her thrashing her own house with her own hands. Of walking, and, and you say, some of you ladies here this morning are like, I would never do that. I, was, I heard someone out on the ball field the other day. A mom was talking about um, she was uh, moving her mother out of her home. And she had all these little, um, she said they were trinkets. I would have never used that word. Uh, precious treasures. Uh, junk, okay? And she put it in a box and and she put it on the car and it, flipped off and you know it was about, it was like that I was I was feeling I was going oh no I could totally see me doing something like that oh. um ladies you'd never see yourself doing that with your precious possessions right you'd you'd never go through the house that you you love the, the house that's for your family and the the things the decorations that you've put up and you you've taken such care you would never destroy your own home why? Because you invest in it. And the picture here is this, that if you want to be wise, invest, invest in your family. Invest in them. Provide for them. Care for them. Serve them. The, the great foolishness of both men and women it, it is that there's something out there there's something out there. I, 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 you know, you're, you're sitting on your couch, moms. You're sitting on your couch and you just go, I just feel like the, there's something important that I'm supposed to do. The football comes sailing and hits you in the head from your son. And you go, man, I, I just don't know what it is. Your daughter in the other room is screaming, Mom! Hold on, I'm thinking. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. It seems like my life's so... What, what is it that I'm supposed... Oh, I just feel like life's so unfulfilling. It just seems like there's something I'm supposed to be doing. There is. It's your home. It's those people that have the same last name as you. It's that ungrateful husband that you have. It's those selfish kids that you're trying to raise. Brats sometimes. That's what God has for you. Amen. You're out there and you're saying, boy, I'm important and I'm up for these promotions and I got so many things, important things that I can do and you know, I'm a rock star out here and boy, I just got so many things I need to do. I just don't have time for that stuff at home. You don't? Why? What's so important? Because the wise one builds their own home. They, they focus on that. They, they invest in that. Why? Because it's of superior value than everything out there. You want to be wise. You want to be wise. Invest in your home. 
build your house. Number six, number six. My daughter saw me type this and she goes, why are you writing that? Proverbs chapter six, starting at verse six, I'd like to read to you a a few verses. You want to be wise, think about ants, okay? You want to be wise, think about ants. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 says this, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. You want to be wise, think about ants. Think about ants. Um, this is a great passage for me. I don't know about for you. I don't know where you're at in life and what how God has wired you. But most of us... Um, we need someone standing over us telling us what to do and when to do it. We need a, a starting time and a finish time. We need someone to tell us when to do this chore or that chore. And what God says, what a father says to a son is, consider the ant. Consider the ant. The ant isn't doing something right, planning ahead, working hard. Because someone's telling them to. They're taking care of themselves. They're getting themselves up in the morning. They're putting themselves to bed at night. They're, they're making sure that they're, they've worked hard enough. They're, they're planning and putting away and they're thinking, what do I need to do? They're fearful of being lazy. Um, we live in a world today where we have to be told what to do. It's time for you to stop watching. It's time for you to turn that off. It's time for you to be at work. It's time for you to work. You've got to work harder. I watched you do that. And you, you're being lazy. Oh, I didn't know you were looking. He says, be like the ant. If you want to be wise, be like the ant. Don't think if someone's watching, don't think if you're going to get in trouble. Think about what does God want me to do right now? How does he want me to be productive? How does he want me to work? So if you want to be wise, think about ants. That was number six. Number six. Number seven. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. And, you know, this is just foundational to what we're talking about here. Um, If you want to be wise, be humble. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 says this, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. Um, What's standing in the way of you being wise 
is your pride. Um, and unfortunately, unfortunately, pride has no age limit. There's no age limit. Um, you know what I you know where I see pride in? I see pride in first graders. See it all the time. They're proud. It's ugly. You know, I see pride in fourth graders too. Pretty often. Pretty often. Seventh graders, absolutely. Right? You ever seen pride of seventh graders? How about ninth graders? Whew. Man, it just fills a room. You know, it's funny. Um, I see pride in women. Thinking they know everything. You may have too. I'm trying to think if there's any other categories. Forty <laughs> year old men? Yeah. Yeah. I can fill more than a room. Right? I don't need your help. I got it figured out. You don't know what you're talking about. I know more than you. Retired people, wow, that can fill up a whole week, right? Back when I, let me, just let me tell you a few things. You know, you may not know this, but uh, pride. And, and and sometimes we go, oh, our pride, you know, that gets us to, do, no, no, think about it. Hear the scripture, Pride is not a good thing in the Scripture. Humility is. Humility and wisdom are connected to one another. Pride stands in the way of it. The humble person takes the position, I am a learner, I have much to learn. I am below you. I'm below you. I, I, I need you. You want to be wise, be humble. Because with humility comes wisdom. That was number seven. Number eight. Uh, turn over to chapter 28, verse 26. We looked at this verse last week. Verse 26 says this. Uh, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. I just said it like this, that if you want to be wise, live it, live it. Now, you may have heard this verse and you say, didn't we already talk about the whole walking thing, walking thing? This is a distinction here. Before we talked about walking with the wise. Now. We're talking about walking in wisdom. And the picture here is this, that wisdom, once we understand it, we've gotten it from someone else wise, we've seen it in someone else's life, we have accepted it, we're beginning to do it, that now wisdom should go along with us wherever we go. It should permeate our lives. I think sometimes we look at uh, walking with God and we say, yeah, that's important for the spiritual things, right? My salvation, 
my prayer life, my reading and studying of God's Word, my service here in the church. But I've got other things going on. No. God's wisdom should permeate and go to every corner of our life. God's wisdom should instruct your, the way you work. It should be the way you communicate, both with your family and with others. It should be a part of the way you're raising kids. It should be a part of the way you're encouraging your kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. It should be helping you to live for Him out on the golf course. It should be a part of the way you spend your money. It should be a part of everything. It should permeate our lives. His wisdom that we should walk in it. Walk in it. What is number eight? That we should live it. Number nine comes up again. Chapter 15, verse 33. Talked about both these concepts before, um, but, but I want you to see it again. If you want to be wise, fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. And humility comes before honor. It's interesting, in uh, chapter 1, I started there, and it said, that's the beginning. It's the beginning, right? The fear of the Lord's the beginning. But it's also the middle, okay? It's also the classroom setting. You know, if you want to be taught in wisdom, fear the Lord. To have that relationship with Him, that, that He is the one we're looking to. To grow in your uh, relationship with Him. That you would fear Him more. That you would understand His approval is more important than anything in your life. That will make you wise. It will instruct you in wisdom. Number 10. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 14 verse 16. God's word says this. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. You want to be wise? Be careful. Be careful. Live your life in a, a careful way, a cautious way. I'm not talking about being cautious, being prudish. I'm talking about taking slow and deliberate steps saying recklessness seems fun right it it seems fun to uh you know take your bike on the top of cumberland hill here and you say i think i can make it i i it looks fun i don't need brakes what are brakes for might be fun until you hit that one curve down at the bottom some sand there, sometimes some water. It seemed like a good idea. It's going really fast. It seems like life is fun when you're reckless and you don't care about things, right? Yeah, it is until you fall. It is until you have to go to the hospital. It is until you have to pay the price 
and you have to look at the scars over and over again. To be wise is to be careful. Not asking, you know, what is everyone going to think about this, but, but looking back to God. God, is this a step you want me to take? Is this, I, I live in a sea of fools, which is a minefield for a guy like me. God, is this where you want me to go? I need to be careful. The stakes are too high. To be careful is to be wise. I just want to ask you, uh, just as we close this morning, and I think it is uh, maybe really, uh, as I think about us being wise, it's, it's one of the things that I fear for us, is who are our heroes? Who are our heroes? Who are the people that we go, man, I just like them. I just like them. I want to be like them. I, I, I kind of worship them. I look at their life, I envy who they are, and I wish that somehow I could get to be like them. Who are heroes? Because if they're not wise, godly people, uh, it's companion of fools' issues. It's walking not in wisdom, it's walking in foolishness. And it may reveal why we haven't been uh, making progress in, in wisdom now, is because we've been idolizing people who are fools. Let me pray for us. And God, thank you for this morning. I, I pray that uh, your word um, just comes up over and over again in our lives this week and that we would be reminded of what it is to be wise. God, I pray that um, we would experience the benefit of walking faithfully with you as you have been faithful to us. God, thank you for charting a course for us in your word. Um, you've been kind to us to speak to us. And Lord, I ask that you would also be gracious in giving us the strength to obey. Thank you for this morning. Uh, I ask your blessing on Bear Valley Church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. You are dismissed.